even though the societal messages are no no men are you know the toxic masculinity of you know men are strong and they don't care and they just are you know fuck machines and you know that type of thing like i i realized that i'm super insecure and i didn't think i was and Welcome to Normalizing Non-Monogamy, the podcast where we interview incredible people from across the entire spectrum of non-monogamy to hear their fascinating stories. We always strive to bring guests on the show who have a healthy and positive approach to non-monogamy. However, everyone approaches this a little different, and at its core, our show is about hearing and learning from the different experiences and approaches people have. With that in mind, it's important to remember that the views and opinions expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect those of our own. It's also important to remember that we aren't doctors or therapists and that we produce this show for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a medical professional for anything regarding your health that you might learn about on this show. One final thing that we need to let you know about is that this podcast will hopefully include some explicit language. So, if that kind of thing offends you, we suggest you just keep listening until it no longer does. However, if you're under the age of 18, you should probably stop listening or gather up your parents and listen as a family. Enjoy! Waiting. Go. You gotta go. You gotta do your thing. <laughs> I'm waiting I... for your Wednesday. No, this is that's a Monday thing. <laughs> Welcome to episode 58, everyone. Oh, I lied. Welcome to episode. Just do it. 59. Welcome to episode 59, everyone. We're Finn and Emma. Stop making it harder to edit. I'm not editing this. <laughs> your mistakes are forever written in stone. I paused even so that you could get it. Yeah, I'll just edit the pause out. Thanks. So welcome to episode 59. Wyatt and Josephine, awesome couple, reached out to us. They they joined um, Cassidy mm-hmm. using the links that we have. So they reached out to us. We reached out to them, and we've been chatting with them, and they came on. And, yeah, awesome story. It's a really fascinating story. Yeah. And they're really great people. They've gone uh, basically full circle from uh, trying to start up religious organizations to being atheists living in France and opening their relationship. Yeah. And I don't know if that's really full circle. Well, they didn't come back to where they started. It's concentric circles. <laughs> they don't overlap. They're not, it's not a Venn no, diagram. No. Well, they're a little bit of a Venn diagram. Okay. Anyway, we okay. should stop talking about yeah. that. Just a quick note on this episode. We do have a little bit of audio quality issues. But it's mostly on our side and we don't talk a lot, as you'll see. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Wyatt. But we... Uh, <laughs> We, yeah, so it's not unlistenable. No, I will just say that. we're apologizing in advance. Also, one other interesting thing about this one, this might be the first ever opening to a future episode that involves the children of the people we interviewed. Yeah, that's true. But that's true. all I'm going to say. Yeah, there's a, there's a potential future opportunity there. Which is unique. Yes. Anyway. Listen, if you want to know what that means. And when you're done listening, go on to back and listen to episode 58, which is the one Emma thought this was. Yes. And it was on Monday. <laughs> and episode 53, both of which are episodes on new apps or the founders of apps that are out there that we want to promote. The first one is Polyfinder from just from a few days ago. And then the second one is hashtag open. Yep. So both those interviews are mostly the stories of the founders. So you can kind of get to know them and then get to know a little bit about the apps. They're both friends of the show, not paid sponsors of the show. So just go check them out and support them and support us by telling all your friends and family about us. Yes. That's how we grow. And that's how we make the show better for you. As a quick reminder, you can find us on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And now let's go to the interview with Wyatt and Josephine. Let's go. So welcome, Wyatt and Josephine. We are excited to have you join the podcast for this episode. And we, I guess, connected with you both on Cassidy. So th- thank you yes. for joining using the links. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to get started and have you both introduce yourselves a little bit, maybe um, approximate ages or where you're located, if you're comfortable sharing that, and just a background. Because for for the listeners, we, we really don't know a whole lot because, yeah. Yeah. Whatever is in the profile is pretty much what we know. So we're, we're learning too. <laughs> hey, my name is Josephine. I'm 44. Wyatt and I met when we were, I was in high school, he was a freshman in college, and been together ever since. 
And I'm uh, Wyatt. Uh, I'm about to be 45, and uh, we live in the uh, southern, uh, southern, southern, southeastern United States, and have two kids, and have been married for, uh, been together for around 27 years. Married for 25. Wow, and yeah, that's super exciting. Impressive. And, <laughs> and one, so, one thing you mentioned to us that we do know is your journey started very early, and then sort of. You backed out of it, and then you are now trying to get back into it. So do you mind maybe taking us back to the, the early days of what that looked like way back at the beginning? Sure, yeah. So um, if we rewind to the beginning, um, we uh, I was her high school uh, sweetheart. I was actually in uh, college, and I came back uh, from, uh, from college, and she was uh, a friend uh, of uh, my friend's girlfriend. Right, yeah, and uh, we met, uh, went to the same school, but I didn't know her and she knew me. And uh, I remember when we met, she was sitting on the floor with her back end to me, and uh, I always tell her that that's what I remember, what I really liked. And so, <laughs> and so I took, took, it, took it to introduce myself. Uh, she grew up Mormon, um, Josephine grew up Mormon, and I grew up uh, just kind of typical American, uh, going to church on Christmas and Easter, a little more than that. And uh, um, so I introduced myself to her, and uh, that, the rest is history. Um, <laughs> Immediate so, sparks, right? There you go. <laughs> and uh, also part of our early journey was that we became born-again Christian very uh, early on, uh, even though I neither of us were raised that way. So part of that story is that we were sexually active in in high school um, and uh, mostly vanilla, mostly monogamous, uh, except for a few exploits that I had um, that involved a threesome and uh, truth or dare with a, a friend of mine. Uh, and, uh, or, so, uh, but did you have any? My, the, my experience was just with random people and, I mean, nothing... Just mostly vanilla. One time I didn't know his name, but other than that, nothing too exciting. <laughs> I don't have one of those. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and this was you, you like guys years. teenage years. So this was before you two had met, right? Exactly yeah, right. Yeah. And then when we met, we uh, um, since we became Christian so soon after we met, he and Wyatt and I actually did not technically have intercourse before we were. We married. did everything up to. Yes. <laughs> um, <and vagina. laughs> yes. Um, and so that definitely was a challenge because we were together for three years before we were married. And, um, I think that was what made our relationship have the basis of friendship that it does. Yeah. Um, yeah. because we couldn't do sex because, you know, you're Christian, you can't have sex with your Christian. <laughs> we even were talking to the, recently that we, we remembered we did anal and we didn't oh, even geez. like remember it. We're like, <laughs> How did I do that? Because <laughs> now that we're actually exploring things, it's like, yes. how did we do that? We didn't have any lube. What did we do? <laughs> That's a bit painful. No, I like it. <laughs> so that was uh, our, uh, um, you know, the vanilla part of our dating. We got married. It was the fairy tale type, you know, fell in love, the Hollywood type, um, only have eyes for each other. Etc. Etc. Um, and which was really true because we, throughout our marriage, throughout our Christianity, we were not very open about, but we both knew that we were attracted to other people. But we just—it's not allowed, right? You can't talk about it. You, that's any wandering, including masturbation, is completely prohibited. And so um, we knew about it, but we didn't talk openly about it, and it definitely wasn't a conversation. It's more of a don't do it ever again. <laughs> yeah, it was a policing of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point? Did you allow yourselves to start exploring, whether it was uh, with other people or just being more adventurous between the two of you? Well, what happened was, um, and maybe you won't talk about this, but we went, we moved to France and we lived there with our children. While there, it was really challenging. I'm, I'm very um, impulsive. I'm like, oh, yes, it's going to be awesome. We're going to go. I'm going to drink wine and eat cheese and have bread. She's very romantic. And so and she was actually, gonna I be... didn't want to. I was a homebody. I wanted to stay there. And she kept saying, I'm going to go to Europe. I want to go to Europe. And we, I worked for a French company. And so it's like, let's go to, let's go to Europe. And so finally one day I called her and said, hey, I applied for a job going to France. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm going to France. 
I haven't gotten to leave yet. <laughs> I just so applied while, for the job. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but while in France, um, our Christianity was really challenged. We didn't find a church, and um, our daughter, unbeknownst to us, was really, really exploring her sexuality. And so yeah, it was, our son too, actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but we didn't know. About and they it. were both teenagers, but they were like twelve and fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Now I guess eleven. Yeah. Um. So that would. So I don't know. That's kind of the start of the downfall for us, I'd say, out of Christianity or to our deconversion. And then um, we came back to the United States, and we had to move down south, where it's very, it's very different down here. The religion. Mm-hmm. We're from the Northwest originally, so yeah. that's kind of. So the religion is very strong here. Hmm. Yeah, it's the Bible Belt, so uh, you can probably maybe imagine if you've been to the Bible Belt. But, but um, you, so you moved down there, but then you were on your way to to leaving Christianity at that point anyway, even though you're in an environment that it's a lot more, I guess, heavily around you. We got down here, went to a church, and really our, our journey starts for that. Our religious journey starts way back before, and... Uh, I have a degree and a uh, master's in biblical and theological studies. And so I, we wanted to plant churches and do all sorts of stuff. And so just ser- a series of disappointments, um, just, and then coming back here and being in South and seeing Christianity be kind of a very, uh, at least at the church we went to, uh, it was like high school. It was like you had the cool kids and that was the pastor and everybody wanted to be friends with the, with the cool kids. And, uh, we, it would give us a bad taste in our mouth. Plus, uh, I came across a book called Radical. Um, it was a, a book by David Platt. Uh, the subtitle is Taking Back Your Faith in the American Dream. And in that, he challenges you to read the Bible, uh, through the Bible in a year and to pray every day and do certain things. And so I took up the challenge. And I'd already read, read the Bible several times, but um, read it. But in conjunction with that, we watched uh, TED Talks. We watched uh, uh, documentaries and nature shows. And so both of us were kind of opening our minds. Plus, we've been to Europe and we come across different people's views. We met, you know, people of different religions, which started to open our mind. People of different sexualities. We got back here. Uh, one of the stories too is when we left. Is um, within the Christian church, it was not acceptable at all to be homosexual. When we got back. It was we came to a church in the South in the Bible Belt that had uh, multiple. People that not were open about it, but were were struggling with their homosexuality, and uh, so we befriended one of them. And so part of that is is just coming up with people different sexualities, uh, that type of thing. And um, so that's what's kind of all of that adventure, uh, that exploration, that the learning we did also included our, our sexuality. Right. Yeah. And so what we came across was some t- a TED talk again by Esther Perel. Um, I don't know if you've heard mm-hmm. of Esther Perel. Yeah, yeah, yeah very mm-hmm. familiar. Yeah. So um, she had two podcasts. The the one was the Secret to Desire in a Long Term Relationship. So that was the one that really um, cued us into the difference between um, love and secure, uh, security and uh, on the one hand, and desire and adventure on the other. And we were like, wow, that that was great. So we looked for her online, found she had a book, ordered the book. Uh, and just kind of devoured all of that. It was meeting in captivity that we read, and because of our background, we weren't able to fantasize about others. We right. weren't able to say to each other, "Hey, that guy's good looking," or "That you know, girl's good looking." Mm-hmm. Um, that was prohibited. Yeah, you had to so, close that all off in your mind. And so when when we read the meeting in captivity, it was really revolutionary for us because mm-hmm. it introduced the third the third person, you know, and it doesn't necessarily have to be that it's a real person. It's someone that it's just the idea that there's, that you can have that tension of security and adventure. And we never even considered that before. It was always just about the security part. Um, and so that was definitely the first step toward Opening up. opening up, yeah, for sure for us. Sure. And then, um, really, the beginning of the conversation. We yes. like to kind of we talk about it as adventure, but we like the idea of conversation and the idea of eroticism because um, for us, there was we had a good marriage. You know, we had sex, but, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't talk about improving it. We didn't talk about working on it. It wasn't. It was just you do it. You know, and we were definitely sexual, uh, but we weren't erotic. We weren't, um, and we didn't realize that, and we didn't realize that 
you could get better at it. Right. <laughs> there are skills that you can work on. You know, we worked on everything else in our lives, but our sexuality, no. no. Yeah, that, that was an area that was, we both are. You either know how to do it or you don't. It's yeah. Right? That's, it's that's, that's what we thought. And since then, we have really learned um, that it's more than just, you know, penis and vagina. It's There's so much more encompassing it. It's um, fantasy. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fantasy. You know? It's the idea of the third, the idea of maybe a real third. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Cause, well, we read uh, one of the books was, uh, was that book from the sex... Um, sex at Dawn? No, Sex That Works by so Wendy Schrager. Okay. Subtitle is Intimate Guide on Awakening Your Erotic Life. Uh, and in that, she talks about you know, how she doesn't, um, uh, her and her husband, the third for them, is just she uses the fantasy as erotic fuel okay. in her own relationship. It doesn't ever actually express itself in any um, physical relations with anyone else. It's just in her mind. Right. And so I think that's part of it is that it, it, it's whatever works for you as an individual. Right. Um, for us, we just decided that we would like to uh, invite others uh, and actual literal thirds or fourths. And so it was, it was quite a few years back now that you, that you decommissioned your, your full on Christianity, right? It was 2015, somewhere in that time frame. So not a long time, but I think um, for us, we are avid readers. And so, as soon as we like started the conversation, we both just started like researching. Yeah, researching as much as we can. Yeah, we're a little crazy and neurotic, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but that's how you learn. I yeah, yeah. And, and I make that's how I learn. <laughs> <laughs> make spreadsheets. Yeah, making spreadsheets. That's all right. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little spreadsheet. I uh, know. <laughs> uh, so was, was there a was there a point where one of you brought up to the other person like the the idea of actually bringing a real human into your relationship that wasn't the two of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you read it first. Um, I don't, I think because Kid had a threesome in high school, he had, that was something that he had thought about more often and wanted to try again. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. But in the interest of trying to be adventurous, I talked to a close friend of mine. Uh, they were a couple. And I talked to her uh, about possibly having sex in front of each other. And what would that be like? And we should try it. Yeah, we should try that. So her and I talked, but I hadn't talked to Wyatt yet. So then... Um, well, prior to that, you read The Ethical Slide. Oh, yes. I, I had read The Ethical Slide, yeah. Well, actually, I, I bought it, and to much to her chagrin. And then she looked at us, what are you buying here? I said, well, it just looks interesting. I don't know. And then she read it. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> Um, and so then when, so then what happened was her and I talked about that and then we just kind of, you know, just went away for, for a few months. But then we had the opportunity to, um, I had the opportunity to travel with them to a location that we needed to go to for an event and Wyatt could not join me because he had to work, but he was going to join later. And so I was talking to the, to my friend again about, you know, the idea of having sex in front of the, the other person. I said, well, you know, I've never kissed a girl before. Can I kiss you? And she said, okay, sure. And I said, but I have to be in charge. I have to be the one, like, if I don't like it, I'm going to push you away. And we have to make sure we brush our teeth. And <laughs> we have to make sure Sounds we get all these rules <laughs> 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 around it. I had all these rules around it. Because I was very nervous about it. Wyatt came, and we were with them in their camper. And I signaled to my friend, and I said, and she's like, okay. Well, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, what's happening? <laughs> I knew that would be surprised. And so um, she and I started making out, and I got the su- the pro- surprise result that I wanted. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was part of my, like, we talked about it. It was my, one of my fantasies to have you make out with a girl. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And I enjoyed it, too. I didn't push her away. She it kissed was, a girl, and she liked it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked that. And so... Um, then from there, with this same couple, we started uh, exploring. Yeah, I mean, it started with just uh, went to a hotel and had sex in front of each other. 
at which point um, I had performance issues, <laughs> and I didn't know what uh, I thought it was uh, because of uh, my, uh, I don't know if you call it penis envy, uh, pen- penis issues, penis size issues, uh, and the, the guy just that we're talking about um, swapping with happened to have be in the 95th percentile, whereas I was in the 50th percentile, so... <laughs> Uh, I would like to normalize penis size issues because you don't hear that a lot. It's it's something that doesn't really get talked about, uh, and uh, um, that for me has been a huge part of, of the struggle. Uh, and and what have you done, I guess, to work on that for yourself? Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, <laughs> some uh, uh, what do you call it? Hypnotherapy. Um, I've really just done. Um, Informing myself, exposure therapy, uh, finding out what the real statistics are behind it, knowing that that uh, that actually all all men have uh, think that their penises are small because of the variation in our penis size when their acid is so enormous, <laughs> depending on temperature. And uh, so that's a big one I've learned is that even people with with the penis sizes in the 95th percentile when they're erect uh, think their penises are small. So I've looked at actual, actual statistics, what is the mean and what is the standard deviation from the mean, kind of knowing that. Uh, also realizing that I'm not just a penis, I'm actually a human being. And Josephine has really helped me with that and realizing that, that she doesn't... Uh, she likes my penis, and uh, she has no problems with it, and it's not small. But then still, the cultural messages on you hear, like, uh, penis size jokes. Oh, he's got a small penis. You know, look at uh, the sculpture of David and say, oh, you know, I'd kill myself if my penis is that small. Or you have, like, ooh, I like to be full. I like the question of fullness. And I'm thinking, okay, well, I guess, you know, I, I can't help with that. You know? uh, or... Uh, um, you know, in the gym, I remember playing hockey that, you know, the only ones that strut around with their penises out were the, were the guys that, that were well hung. In porn, all you see is, the, you don't see the normal pot size, the the, the mean size penises, you see 95th percentile penises. Right, right. And so, realizing that the sampling is skewed, and so I'm super worried, because we're really newbies and haven't actually done much. What we just shared with you is the max that we've done. We've done full swap with this couple several times, but we've never, you know, we've never done anything else. So I'm terrified of going to uh, a sex party or a house party and being like, oh yeah, everybody in this lifestyle is is strutting around with giant 95th percentile cocks. So what I would would offer out there is a uh, one way to normalize that, and and it seems counterintuitive, especially based on what you just said, is that if you go to uh, a nudist resort or uh, like a desire or any swinging resort or even any swinging event, you see the entire Everything. the entire spectrum of <laughs> sizes and it, it it actually really really helps and it and this is something we've heard and we've experienced too in terms of body image just in general is you see people from all shapes and sizes and all walks of life naked and, and having a good time and they don't care and it makes it really easy to be like hmm. easier i wouldn't say it's always really easy because you have yeah. people have hang-ups but sure. at the same time it makes it easier when you see everyone else just having a good time yeah. and it doesn't matter if he's the biggest guy in the pool or the smallest guy in the pool it's totally yeah. irrelevant so I would encourage people to go to an event where there's tons of naked people and just have a look-see. Cause just, well, just be around naked people, yeah. yeah. And the other part is that your your point on that you're so much more than just your penis. Like, yeah. yes, that's we're all human beings, and we're so much more than just our body parts. And there's there's many people that are attracted to just people's intellectual, you know, stimulation and that type of side of people and other, and just all kinds of different sexuality and, and body types and differences out there that there's so much more to a human. than. Yeah. So than I, I, that's a great point. And it's, yeah, it's awesome. And I, we appreciate you bringing it up because it is not something that people like to talk about, but yeah, it, it can be a challenge and, it's something that I've struggled with. It's mm-hmm. yeah. So, I guess were you able to overcome it? It sounds like you did a full swap or attempted to. Did it? How did it go? And what? Did... Well, it's, well, I, I feel like it's still need to do exposure therapy. Uh, I was able to. I know it's not a uh, actual physical um, organic issue. Uh, I know it's in my brain. And what I realized, actually, I listened to a podcast the other day on it, um, we got a thing, I guess is what it was. They talked about uh, 
interviewed somebody that had that issue, and he said something that people started looking at him, and then because they the other couple was done, his wife and the other guy were done, and then they looked over, were looking over, and saw them watching him, and then he couldn't perform. And the first time it happened, it was just Josephine and I uh, having sex in front of them. Yep. And I've never had that issue before. And that's when I'm like, what the hell's going on? I've never, what is happening? Why won't it do what I want? <laughs> you know? And and now I realize, looking back, that I think it's it had nothing really to do with my, my size issues. It's just my brain started going, what are they watching me for? Like, what, am I doing something wrong? Is my penis small? Do I look funny? You know, am, am I, you know, that type of thing. Like, where it just starts going, and I go in this crazy, you know, spiral of, like, wondering, and I can't make Brain stop yeah, it's like that negative it. self-talk, right? That you get stuck yeah, in. Exactly. And so, I mean, that's that's the big issue. And and uh, we've been to a new beach. We went to Saint Saint Martin, uh, and uh, for whatever reason, in that it's not a sexual. It wasn't a sex uh, beach sex no. club, so it was like not sexual at all. It was like, oh, this is fun. Like, no problem. You know, I had no problem. With that. Um, I struggle with that. I do not feel comfortable being naked, and it's really hard for me to. I think personally, sometimes Wyatt likes to exhibit a lot more than I. I thought I was an exhibitionist, but I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I um, when we were at the nudist beach, I sat with my swimsuit on for a long time, and then yeah, it was a long time, and then I just took off my top. And then I just took off the bottom, and then I ran straight for the water and got in. It didn't get out for a long time. <laughs> that was pretty funny because there was one couple that was strutting back and forth. And I, I would put it. It's funny. It was, but what are, I was like, I admire that. Why can't yeah, I why just can't I do that? have the freedom to get up and walk around and show you know everyone my body? And I was very envious of those, those people that were strutting around. Um, but I've been. Um, I've been working on it. So, but you did it. You went there and you did get naked yeah, and you went, even if you went to the water, that's okay. You, you did it. <laughs> oh, we enjoyed it. We were both naked and we went around. We spent like a couple hours there. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, it was but fun. it wasn't sexual. It wasn't really erotic at all. It was just like, oh, this is interesting. The baby steps. Yeah, but I was going to say, it's a, it's a good stepping stone. And if, if it was able to help the both of you normalize the being naked together, being naked in public, which is... Yeah. Which is something that we we definitely don't get a lot of practice at. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's a good. It's I think it's a good step for people to take. Well, it's a self esteem building yeah. exercise too. A lot of times, that's what it really all is. Is that I realize that men have self esteem issues and we have insecurities, even though the societal messages are no, no, men are you know toxic masculinity of you know, men are strong and they don't care and they just are you know fuck machines and you know, that type of thing like. I, I realized that I'm super insecure, and I didn't think I was. And it was like caught me off guard. And I just have realized what's helped me is that that uh, if I really think of it, if Josephine is really going to run off on some on me with someone else because of uh, a guy with a bigger penis or she he does something this better, then our relationship really is based on nothing. You know, if that's really and so realizing that she she loves me dearly and she is committed to me and, and, uh, she's not going to run. And if she does, then that's probably good. Actually, if, if she leaves for that reason, then I, I think it's, it's a good thing. Good you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she doesn't seem like she's going anywhere. So that's <laughs> no. Um, so with this couple that we started, you know, swapping with at first, it was, you know, just having sex in front of each other. Then, I, th- what happened was I there was a connection between me and the the, the guy of the couple. If there wasn't as strong as connection between the Wyatt and the girl, and so it became kind of lopsided, kind of one sided. And we started we we kept trying to do things and um and experimenting with them. Um, for me, I needed to see Wyatt with another woman. I needed to visualize Wyatt touching another woman's body. I needed to see it in my mind so that I could like. That in my mind, like if I could take that first step, then I was going to be okay. And well, we started actually a different time. We were at our house and we tried kissing Crossbow. <laughs> and that was before the camping trip, right? No? Okay. Um, oh, you're right. Yeah, the camping trip. Yeah, you're right. The camping trip was uh, consisted in uh, you kissing her, then you using your vibrator, 
uh, in front of them, which everybody thought was cool. And then us doing oral and stuff like that together. And then... And so then I saw him touch her, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And the, the other guy, he was holding me, and he, like, just by my arms and saying, okay, either you, you know, watch it or call it. You you have to do this. This is like, you know, you got to take this step. And um, I was like, okay, kiss her. Let me see this. You know, bring it on. And so, Exposure there. Yes. And so we kissed her, and I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that's not bad. That's okay. That works. And so from there, it became just more of, like, I need to watch him do this. I need to see him do that because for myself, I needed to, I, there are some people that can do the don't kiss or kiss, but don't tell idea. And I needed to see it for myself. I needed to see, to watch him do that so that I could, I just needed to visualize it. I needed to be able to take it in and say, okay, yeah, that's what's happening because our cultural, you know, background and our the Christianity just really held all of those ideas, um, the idea of, you know, him touching someone else was just anathema, really. It wasn't, it wasn't allowed. And so it was really, we really had to deprogram, basically. That's what yeah. I guess. So that was part of the deprogramming for me. I was curious, yeah. did it, when you were fantasizing about it, was it something that, that turned you on to think about? Well, I struggled with fantasizing because I, I very much like to, um, I'm very conscientious, and so I wouldn't do anything that I wouldn't want Wyatt to do to me. So I don't want him fantasizing when we were Christians, so I'm not going to. So I really learned, I just shut that down. When I was in high school, I fantasized, I masturbated, I did all kinds of things. And then when I became a Christian, you just had to shut that off. You couldn't you couldn't do that anymore. And so we lived for so long shutting that off, it was hard to... It's been hard for me to reactivate that. Right. To start to allow yourself to think that way again, right? Yeah, exactly. And so it's just been a gradual deprogramming for us for the last because we started this journey about two years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, two or three years ago, and so it's just been a gradual deprogramming, and that's why I think we we breathe so much so that we can start understanding the bigger issues around it. And I think the biggest thing that we've learned is communication. Like oh, we yeah. wouldn't talk about this stuff before. We yeah. would never talk about sex. We would never talk about, you know, Why? do you find someone else attractive? Um, what do you like about this? Yeah. Why do you like it? Tell me, tell me how to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, You're saying? yeah, well, I was curious. I've got a lot of questions now, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you when you actually saw it happening, even though you had a hard time fantasizing about it or thinking about it, did it turn you on in the moment, or was it was it a shock? And I guess that's a question for both of you in terms of seeing it for real for the first time. Well, I it it didn't turn me on because I was in such self preservation mode of like okay. I'm going to just grin and bear it, and I got to get through this. So it didn't turn me on at first. But I will say that watching later on, we did the, we did do more, so the girl went down on him, and that really turned me on. I liked that. Yeah, I, I enjoyed that. And what happened is she was doing it, and I was talking to him. I was like, do you like when she does that? Is that yeah. Do you like how she does that? I'm, like, I'm trying to concentrate on the pleasure here. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was and she was really super sweet about it and she's like you know I'm gonna I'm gonna suck him off and I'm gonna do it like this well, I'm you said, it is, it I do. is it different yeah <laughs> I don't know yet <laughs> give me some time let me experience this <laughs> so that that was actually a lot of fun to do that to, to watch that so it, yes it did eventually get to that point but it was a, a gradual it wasn't like Oh my gosh, that's so hot. I just really, you know, want to see that all the time. Um, it wasn't like that for me at first. So for me, it's, um, I thought I would love it, right? And so because of my realizing I'm insecure, and if I'm not in, involved, like when I watched her, um, I heard uh, a podcast that you guys had the other day with uh, Abby and Justin, um, and I totally related to it because I felt like when I, didn't really have a spark with this woman. So we were, I was trying to do stuff, then having performance issues. Then I look over at my wife, she's getting 
absolutely pounded by this uh, this this guy, and she looks like she's super enjoying it. And so I'm looking at it, thinking, oh, she enjoys it more than she enjoys it with me. Look at it, look at the faces she makes. You know, so I'm overanalyzing it, and I'm getting traumatized. And I'm thinking, this is not what I thought it would be. <laughs> and and so I'm thinking, like, man, this is terrible. But then when we just did uh, three of us, because uh, we had a couple occasions where we just had him over, because both of us had more of a connection with him. Uh, and so, and actually, eventually, we both asked him to be our third. And this was after some problems and some issues with the, the wife. And, and so we, we said, hey, because he was a super good friend of mine and that type of thing. And, and uh, in those type of situations where she had two cocks and she was – you know, she said, I absolutely love this. This is so much fun. This feels so good. I love this. And just to watch her, like, her absolute thrill and her excitement, it was just amazing to me. Like, I love that. So there are parts of it that, you know, scenes that I have in my head that I replay that are absolutely, I, I, I would love to continue this uh, journey and exploration. And another one's where I'm terrified. So it's, you know, it's, so, but I need to get over it, and I'm still working on it, and I think we're getting closer to. <laughs> we're actually not have not launched really relaunched it again since this uh, couple. Um, we had a falling out, and now they've sort of uh, ghosted us uh, because they had some problems. And this was this was the one couple, right? Your friend. This was your original friend, Josephine. So our issue is we're. Yeah, we're we're super afraid of STIs, <laughs> and so this other couple we knew they weren't um, they weren't swingers, and we we wouldn't we wouldn't call ourselves swingers, uh, and we knew say, well let's be monogamous with them, right? Because like then we know we're safe, and so we can be fluid bonded or whatever you want to call it, and and so that was comfortable for us. But since since uh, since they left, I've uh, been looking for a job and going to move out of the area. We really haven't kind of we joined Cassidy, we discovered your podcast. And so we've been continuing um, kind of investigating and reading. Really haven't um, reached out to anybody yet. We, we've started to try, but it hasn't really worked well in, in Southeast Asia. Yeah, so it didn't, you never really got to a point where something happened that stopped it for you between the two of you. It was a, a situational thing. It wasn't like this happened and we said, well, we got to pull back. It was uh, they, they had their issues and they had to... To pull back. Okay. Yeah. And that was, it was something that when we, when we talked with this couple, we made, you know, guidelines that everyone was going to be comfortable with. And as it turns out, the, the wife wasn't as honest with us as she should right. have been. Because we talked a ton. That's one of the things we learned on all the podcasts is talk, 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 talk. Yeah. And I think, pretty good. <laughs> I think that, that um, Wyatt and I did a lot of research and they had not done as much research as we had. And so when it all started happening and it all happened like within a year, the whole entire yeah. relationship was because we, they didn't live in the area. So That's we true. couldn't see each other all the time. But over that one year, we, spent a lot of time. we did spend a lot of time right. together. Um, but it just, so we started, you know, we started out slow, like we said, and we, you know, we ended up full swapping. Um, but we would always the next day, because they would always be, they would come to our house and they would, the next day when we have breakfast together, we would process, okay, right. so how is this for you? And, is this and, okay? Was this, you know, yeah, I thought, we thought, far, like, we thought we were connecting, doing the touch points, touch bases, you know, of, of um, the reconnecting um, as a friendship, because we were good friends. Um, so not just as, you know, as people who have sex with each other, but also as just friends, hey, are you okay? Are you okay? And making sure everyone is fine. And she never said anything different until one time she just lost it. Well, we were always amazed. Man, you have such conversion. Yeah. Um, which we didn't know that term before we started watching, listening to podcasts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I guess for the listeners, if you don't know the word conversion, I guess it's an invented word from polyamory, a polyamorous uh, environment that uh, it's like you can be like to watch your partner have be pleasure. You take pleasure from your partner. Yeah. 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 That's a fair yeah, take, yeah, yeah. Take pleasure from watching someone that you care about have pleasure. Yeah, and yeah, and so yeah, so she ultimately was the the pulled the rip cord on it, right? And that okay. She became re recommitted her life to Jesus and became you know went to her family and put an ultimatum on her husband. So it was kind of like they're working and they're getting therapy and stuff like that. 
So it's good. It's it's going to be good. Uh, I think for everybody, it was good for us. It was a good learning experience. And thankfully, we didn't go. Okay, we're never doing that again. Which we had the tendency to do. Be like, okay, that was a mistake. Oh, we tried it once. That's it. We're done. <laughs> right. Right. So, so since this has ended, you've you've been sort of exploring like what the next steps are you want to take. I guess we're we're curious. What are those steps? Where do you think you want to take it? And what are the things that you would like to keep exploring? We definitely want to. Um, continue exploring same room play. That was something that we talked about. Um, we, we're we're all in. I mean, like we definitely want to continue. Yeah, I mean, it's doing this for us. It's it, it, it's it's we're we're central. We our relationship. We're doing it as an enhancement to each other. So any of our um, we came across a podcast that talked about. Um, agreements instead of rules or boundaries because rules and boundaries sound like that's what parents or you know do and uh that for us has been really meaningful because the uh, it was airy cardos and she was on uh sex out loud okay it's called strength strengthening communication reducing conflict and increasing intimacy to design your ideal relationship so there she she introduced the idea of naming your relationship and so we named ours uh, because it's, it's something you take care of. It's something that needs care and feeding. But the other thing she talked about was um, the idea of agreements. And so for us, it, that that was really meaningful to to kind of have guidance of what what it looks like. And for us, it's it's I've heard emotionally monogamous, but sexually non-monogamous. And so for us, we all of our kind of agreements around that. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we want to limit cuddling or uh, any sort of texting. Or interaction that are separate from each other. We want to do everything together. So for us, it's a journey that we're doing uh, as a unit, and not uh, maybe more uh, might be polyamorous. We don't really we don't that doesn't resonate with us at this point. So, so for our going forward, it's really we like like uh, Josephine said, we're all in and uh, we're uh, educating ourselves, and um, we we just want to. Uh, a big thing too is consent. That was one thing I wanted to talk about. It's uh, consent and transparency. We had a uh, I can't I can't remember what podcast uh, we just do it on, but somebody talking about the difference between honesty and transparency. And she used a, a, a French fry example. So like if I'm sitting with somebody and we're getting French fries, and maybe it's their like Josephine ordered French fries, and uh, she goes out to the bathroom. And so the three different scenarios are: she goes out to the bathroom, comes back. And then looks at a French fries and goes, oh, there's some French fries missing. Did you eat the French fries? Yeah, I ate the French fries. But I didn't disclose that automatically. She'd ask me. That's honesty. And then transparency, the other, there's two different types of transparency. Where you, 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 she comes back, and then I, I'm like a volunteer that, that I ate her French fries. But, you know, it, she, she had to wait until she came back. The third, trans, which is also transparency, I tell her before she leaves, I'm probably going to eat your fries, just so you know. And, and so... That's a. I'm kind of have a, the tendency to to uh, omit, uh, and so she has to ask. Josephine has to ask things the right way. I won't lie in general, and, but if she she has to feels like she has to ask me. And so working on it for us, one of the big things is just being upfront, saying things in advance, being transparent. Like the third example with the fries, where you know what, I'm probably gonna look at that one. I'm probably gonna you know let that be. And I think that's been helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good tip, I think, to, to take that exercise and think through it. And because you don't, I'm sure you don't mean to not tell her things, or you don't mean to just not be as transparent as maybe you would like to be. But that's, you're, we're all human and you need to all grow and work on things. And um, for your relationship, I think that's a, a awesome strategy for someone to at least think through. Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't just don't think about it until it is. I think, you know, well, um, I'll tell her if she asks for it. Right. I'm afraid of, you know, the reaction or whatever. So. I was curious, are there, are there things that you found that you liked that surprised you or things that you uh, didn't think, or things that you thought you would like that you didn't or some, I guess something that happened that you were, you, that surprised either of you or things that you're hoping to experience that you haven't had the chance to yet? That's a good question. I um I was definitely surprised by having two cocks in my hand and then being able to you know 
just handle that. It was. She handled it pretty well. It was really <laughs> She handled both of them really well. <laughs> I was really surprised by that. I really loved the um, just the energy of of being with other people. Um, like flirtation. And I like yeah the flirtation the the banter and just the sex is great. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is we've, uh, coming out of all this is we've learned that actually we, um, sex is there to enjoy. And, yeah. And, uh, we, you know, we tried some things where we, um, came across one of those, uh, I don't know where we came across that, the sex lists. And one of the things was to have sex every day for 30 days. And we did that as an exercise. And that was just phenomenal. Like that was amazing. We've never done that, you know? And, uh, now we're doing it again this month. So, um, (laughs) in honor of Valentine's Day and his birthday. That's right. My birthday as well. And we, uh, we put a little box. We have this little nice, pretty box that has all of the little things on the list to try. We haven't really started this yet, but our idea is to pick one out and do it. And so it's, it's things that we've agreed to do together that we went through and made separate lists where we said, um, this is what I'd like to do, or this is what I'd be willing to do, yes, no, maybe. And then each did that, and then cut the ones off we agreed on and put them in the box. So that's, that's something we're going to do. <laughs> um, I think that we definitely want to, I would love to see, I would love to see Wyatt with a, with a woman that he connects with, that he had a spark with, and I desire to see that a lot, um, to see him enjoy himself. Now, I don't know that my level of conversion is super high, but I definitely want to try that because we, even though we did have sex with our friend, it wasn't, it wasn't like he didn't, there was that. I couldn't get it up. How about that? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he did sometimes. I sometimes did. It, was just, okay. it was funny. Um, <laughs> like so the, I would, internet connections. Yes. <laughs> I, so I would love to see him be able to be with a woman that was just really into him. Me too. <laughs> We would love to find friends with benefits. Part of it, for us, it's not just the sex. For us, it's the it's the witty banter, it's the clever interactions, it's the it's the, the flirting, it's the it's the relationships. It's it's having intellectual, meaningful conversations and not just coming and having anonymous sex. You know, that's not what it is. And I have to say for the listeners that you guys are very, very clever, and it's been very fun flirting with you prior to this yes. to this interview. That's been a lot of fun. <laughs> Right. 
Well, I was I was curious back on the the list of things that you keep next to the bed to pull out, and it sounds like you each made a list. I was curious, was there something from either list that you were surprised to see from the other, and something that got vetoed from the other person? No, I don't think. Really, what it comes down to, honestly, is that we have we've been. I don't want to say oppressed, but we. We really did um, in Christianity and and never explored. And so I have to say that what this has done, what starting the conversation has done for us, has opened up the idea that we can do all of these things. And um, yeah, the taboos are gone. Yeah, and it's like, oh, why can't we do this? What's wrong? And so we we've just done things that we've never done, and we tried to perfect. Not that you ever perfect anything, but we've just really worked on our skills as as lovers yeah. and try to really understand for myself, like I said, in high school, I did a lot of self-exploration, but for myself, just knowing what I want and what I desire or what feels good to my body. And then finding out, you know, for himself, what feels good for his body. And and then just talking, asking each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. One thing, when you masturbated in front of me, that was the super hottest thing I've ever seen. And we didn't do that. Now we do that in front of each other and it's super fun. Yeah. Uh, and exciting and thrilling. And I, I love it. Um, so, yeah, there was no surprises. Um, but this month we're going to work on um, hand jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, really, it's not that we were surprised by anything, but we we're just opening up ourselves to more and more opportunities and learning experiences yeah. and, and trying new things for. Ourselves. That's why I like the term conversation because it's like mm-hmm. it's a discussion, it's a conversation, it's ongoing. Ongoing, yeah. yeah. Well, and you both. So you, I know you've mentioned that your your conversational skills have blossomed. I guess in in the last few years, as you've as you've been exploring this, have there been other differences you've noticed in your relationship? It sounds like more sex too, but. <laughs> more sex. <laughs> and I guess along so, those lines, is it, has there been things that, like, have your kids picked up on differences in you two as well? Like, has that, has it, have you changed as a family? So what happened is, um, like I said, our, our children became quite active in their own sexuality. When we lived in France, when we came home, our daughter... Um, went into overdrive. Yeah, when, when we came home, <laughs> it did go into overdrive. And so it really opened the door for their sexuality, opened the door for us to talk to them about. Well, yeah, because ours was before, before we would teach our daughter that you saved your kiss, your one kiss, and she didn't, we know now that she didn't know what the heck we were talking about. We were saying save your kiss for the one, right? And she thought it was literally like a kiss. She didn't know that it meant sex. <laughs> because we weren't explicit, and that's, right. it's actually. We did them a disservice. But yeah, we did. She was very sexual. Uh, anyway, so. So basically, what it's done is when we started, because they were coming to our home, the family or the couple that we talked about previously, they were coming to our house a lot, and so we told our daughter and our son, "Hey, we just want you to know we're swinging with these people." Yeah, just was, so you know. we have an open relationship, and it, we it was logistical. It was a purely logistical. Our kids, we figured they could handle it. They were, you know, seventeen and because we've been talking about sex with yeah. them. You know, France actually really did help us. Yeah. Open that right. Yeah. And I mean, in France, the the sexual sexuality is is just a normal thing. They talk about it freely from when they're very young, and they're very responsible. Like kids over there, they always uh, use condoms. It's just it's not like here where it's like, oh no, condoms are stupid. I have awesome pull out method, you know, stupid stuff like that. And and, and there, it's just like part of the culture. Mm-hmm. So they came back with that. We you know we didn't actually experience that. But they got that at school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, so it was, it was, when we told them, they were like, oh, well, we kind of knew. We kind of knew. We, we figured. <laughs> because we were spending so much time with this couple, then they, they it, has, it didn't really change anything. I think that it just, for our son, who's the younger one, our son is the younger one, our daughter's the older one, he um, is now in a relationship with his girlfriend, and he, that's an open relationship. So I think that yeah. it's planted some seeds for... We're in the South here, and he's uh, she doesn't, she's kind of traditional, and then finally said, well, we're officially in an open relationship. <laughs> um, it's like, oh, okay. Yes. Our daughter, she recently got married also, and so she and her husband moved to Texas, and um, they are, I think, I mean, he's more traditional, so she's having to kind yeah. of... She she's actually sends me links instead. She sent me a link on uh, 
monogamous marriage, and she's, she she finds it intriguing. Yeah, so she they're working through their own, you know, what, what that's going to look like journey, for them. Yeah. yeah, and so it's, it's a fun conversation to have with your children as they get older. I mean, I know that sounds weird, but it, it's um, fun to have them actually ask you. About yeah, it, it, they know that oh, mom and dad are open, right? mm-hmm. and they're going to tell me the truth, and they're not going to yeah. sugarcoat it. And, so we often front on both. And you know what? You don't have to do the the rules of societal rules that there are. It sounds that's a fascinating shift. I think like it sounds like when they were younger and you were all um, you know very religious and and just more reserved. It sounds like if that was very structured and that was the one way. And then as they've gotten through their teenage years and you have both opened your minds a little bit more and learned more, they. Well, it sounds like they pushed you a little bit in that too, but also they learned a lot with you and now you have that open line of communication, which I don't know, I think that's pretty awesome to have as, um, as a family unit to be able to just be honest with people. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's been fun and we're enjoying it. Yeah, we are enjoying it. Enjoying the ride. Yep. Sure. Uh, very cool. Well, and it opens us up for two more interviews. <laughs> <laughs> Way to look at it just from a podcast standpoint. There. No, I think no, that is really fascinating, and I think it's it's awesome that you're able to have that, and that they're able to have that communication with you. I think I think that would have been awesome to have when we were kids, but oh yeah, or now. <laughs> but, anyway. but yeah, I think I mean. We covered a lot of ground. One one thing I wanted to bring up because you mentioned it was you guys are terrified of the STIs and, and oh, yeah. sexual health safety. What what steps are you taking or have you taken to try and help alleviate those fears? So um, <laughs> the first time that I actually did a full swap with the um, with the other guy, I got a, a UTI infection because it was you know, different fauna and flora. And so I was like, oh no, I have a disease, that's it. I'm screwed. I'm going to go to the doctor and it's just going to be horrible. And I'm thinking, why do you have flowers in there? (laughs) (laughs) So then I go to the doctor and of course it's, how many sexual partners have you had? So I have to tell this strange guy, uh, well, I just had this other guy that I haven't had before. I've been with just my husband for the last 20 years. And then we decided to open our relationship. And so you find yourself, because you're awkward and uncomfortable, like saying things that you probably shouldn't and offering too much information to the doctor. And so he's like, okay, well, let's test you for STIs. I'm like, okay, let's do that. Because even though they had only, he's never been the, the couple that we were with, he had never been with another woman. And she, never been with she, yeah, so they were only with each other. And so I was like, I do not have an STI, but. You never know, like maybe I maybe he cheats on her. Maybe she cheats on him. Maybe they don't know. So I got the testing done and I was I was fine. Um, nothing was wrong. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a UTI, which can be really uncomfortable, but (laughs) yeah. But it was definitely. I mean, it was painless. It was nothing. You know, just getting your blood drawn and, and and doing that. So that is definitely something that we will. Um, we'll do regularly. regularly. I've never done it before, but one of the things that's helping us deal with that fear is just talking to people, right? The normalizing part of being like, we went to a sex club uh, when we were uh, visiting our daughter in Texas, and, and we just we asked, that was the question we asked this guy. We said, what, what, you know, how does that work? And the, the answer was sort of laissez-faire, but, you know, it was sort of like, you know, oh, no, it's not that big a deal. And, uh, you just, uh, you know, do use protection when you have penis and vagina, but oral, you don't really need it. Anyway, we're, we're planning on being very vigilant about using barriers uh, for, um, for penis and vagina. Um, but probably for oral, you know, we're, we're going to play it by ear that part, um, kind of, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. uh, and just have the elevator speech. We're going to ask that, and um, maybe we'll have our little card that, with the, our, our uh, test results in our phone. Be like, here it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I yeah. think that's a great strategy. and I, I wish more people did that, actually. Yeah. So that's we're all for promoting safety and, and just having that conversation, right? Just you're 
so much better prepared mentally and I just when you know when you're able to have that conversation and and if somebody has something to disclose and then you can have a conversation about that and sure maybe it's something that has been treated and you know they're not um they're on, their, they're on certain medication or something, and then you can have that discussion, and, and everyone can talk about it. And it's just so much more comforting, I guess, to have that out there in the open. Yeah, and hearing and understanding that it's like having a cold. Like, yeah. You, you, growing up in the 80s, it's kind of like, you know, with the AIDS, you just think that it was diseases, right? And it meant it was like, oh, my word, like, uh, you have this fear-based thing that's like, oh, you're, you're you know, you've got... Uh, you need to be quarantined because you have leprosy. And that's, you know, realize that it's actually, you know, we get sick. Just like we get sick, we, there, and so that's been helpful. I think mean, realizing that. And listening to your guys' podcast has really helped oh, a lot. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because yeah. um, you guys talk about that, that, Almost every episode. Yeah, every episode. <laughs> and it's, so it's helped take the fear out of it a little bit for us, or to minimize, not to minimize, I don't want to say minimize it, but like minimizes it, but more like it's not as fearful as it was. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Awesome. That's well, what we're trying to do. We're trying to make sure people are more comfortable in just having that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that little plug. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think, I think also thank you for, I mean, everything you shared and is there anything that we didn't touch on that you want to, I know you have been flipping through your sheets of notes yeah, the listeners can't I'll see. Don't tell their listeners. If you're ever a guest, this couple is very prepared. They have they have a lot of notes. <laughs> so, are, is there anything on your sheets of notes that we that we didn't ask about that you want to get out there? Uh, I'm sure there are. Um, I would say that uh, some of the resources, maybe. Um, that I don't think we maybe mentioned most of it. The the did we mention the rewriting the rules? I don't think so. An integrative guide to love, sex, and relationship by Meg John Parker. No, I don't think you did. That, been phenomenal for us, especially with our kids. And she calls it an anti-self-help book because she says that most self-help books, the problem is lodged within the individual. And her concept is, no, no, the problem is not with you. The problem is with societal messages. And so she gets you to, she goes through different rules that society has and says, okay, not what's wrong with it, but to ask you, what does it mean? Why is it there? And what do you want? You get to rewrite the rules. And so it's more of questioning societal rules. And that's kind of what this has all done for us, is realize that all these taboos, these rules and things that exist, even the penis size issue is all society, you know, trying to, like as a, a personality, trying to control and, and set up boundaries and barriers to protect itself, I guess. Um, what else would you say? Uh, Esther Perel, can't we can't we we love her. She has a podcast where she gives counseling therapy to people, and just listening to those has been amazing for us. It's just it's, it's tricks. Um, um, therapy, we we can't. One of the things we can't speak enough. I guess what I'll say is that we have just recently um, been um, reading into cognitive distortions because this what this journey has done for us is it, there's a lot of conflict. We won't lie. Uh, because we're having to have tough, tough conversations and, and kind of uh, test our security insecurities and that type of thing. And so what we've realized is that we're not as good as communicators as we thought we were. So we, we're making another list <laughs> of all of the cognitive distortions that exist, like black and white thinking, generalizing, blaming, catastrophizing, uh, minimizing, those type of things. Uh, things that we do and things, crazy thoughts that we have in our heads and putting that uh, and printing it out. So whenever we do uh, have a conflict, we've given each other permission to go to it and say, why are we having a conflict? What is the cognitive distortion that one of us is doing? We just did it yesterday and it was painful, but it worked. No, that's that's excellent advice. So. Yeah, no, and what a way to build your relationship too, and and to build yourselves as individuals as well, and be able to reflect and think about more than just how you're feeling in that exact moment. Like more, why? Why are why am I feeling the way I am? Sure. Yeah, that's and that's the big thing is you know just just being present, being um, self aware, and we've always prided ourselves, especially Josephine, on um, saying. Um, I, what's the term you always say, the expression about, you know, you, uh, want to show me my reality. You want to see, she wants to know reality. 
Uh, and I think that's what we all want to know, because in our brains is this other reality that maybe doesn't reflect actual reality, uh, maybe an illusion. And that's part of this whole therapy, is realizing that I, when we're doing this, I'm having these crazy nuts thoughts that if I actually, in my rational moments, I look back and think, that was ridiculous that I would even think that. Why would I ever think that? Like, you know, if, if our relationship is really only based on my penis size, you know, this is like, what do I, what does that say about Josephine? You know, how shallow is she? You know, like, that's kind of just reasoning it through. That's been helpful. Yeah. No, I think, I think, yeah. I think we want to say thank you for, I mean, again, for everything and, and that we hope as the journey continues, maybe we get a part two. You said everyone. I will. For part two to come. We're so excited. We're, we're, we're excited to hear about it. <laughs> we'll be writing our rules and writing our story, and it's fun. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be amazing. So until then, we yeah. will we'll let you go enjoy the rest of your evening. You've got sex to have today and tomorrow. <laughs> yep. So we don't, you don't know. They could have already done it. No, no, I can tell. <laughs> but we will. <laughs> Well, we will let you get to that, and until next time, thank yeah, you. And have thank a you for being open and honest with us. We, yeah, we and do appreciate for the listeners. Well, absolutely. Anytime. We will talk soon. Why are you staring at me? I'm waiting for you to do the thing. Welcome back. That that thing. We're back. We're back. <laughs> Thanks, Wyatt and Josephine, for sharing your story. Awesome story. And fascinating story. So we, yeah. we look forward to seeing what the future brings. We had a wonderful time chatting with them. Next up, next Wednesday, we have an interview with other podcasters, Steak and Tequila. Actually, take Tequila and Steak is the proper order. Okay. Be- their podcast name is Steak and Tequila. I understand, but we always say the woman's name I know, first. I know, so it's Tequila too. and Steak, which is very uncomfortable. Yeah. So... It's very uncomfortable. Well, it just doesn't flow. Because <laughs> that's not the name of their podcast? You can't have tequila before you drink before you eat your steak. Sure you can. I don't think you can. Okay. We'll have to ask. We'll have to ask them. Anyway. Anyway, we got really diverted here. We're really excited to bring you that. That was a super fun conversation. Super awesome people. And, yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah. I think that's it. We don't have anything major. You can find us on our website, normalizingnonmonogamy.com. And while you're there, click on some of the links to get yourself $10 off on your STD check. Yes. STDcheck.com. They are a supporter of the show, and using the links does support us. It also supports you knowing your status. Yes. So go do that, and we will see everybody in one a week. Bye, everyone.